Welcome to the Illuminerties. We're always watching movie podcast. I am Joe Deckelmeyer, the host of the show, alongside Kevin Phoenix, editor for the Illuminerty. What's up? And Brandon Zachary, who is also at uh, CBR. And Brandon is also the creative director here at the Illuminerty. How you doing, B? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. We're here to talk about Top Gun Maverick by Paramount. Uh, this comes after the original Top Gun which was made in like 89, I believe. 86. 86. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, first question I have right off the bat for you guys. Uh, Brandon, did you see the original Top Gun? I did. I was introduced to the original Top Gun when I was a kid. Uh, I had a military father. Uh, father was in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, so I grew up very critical of this of the original film. And, and Kevin, uh, to, to you... Correct me if I'm wrong. You've never seen Top Gun up until just recently after watching this film. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun, from what I know of Top Gun, it was the inspiration for my favorite roller coaster at Paramount's Great America. So you never, Top Gun never hit you at all growing up? I mean, it had, it's weird, like, presence in my life. I knew about it. The volleyball scene was, I've seen that for some reason a bunch of times. Like, it was I think everybody's seen that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the one that sticks in everybody's head the most. Yeah. And, but, uh, and Danger Zone. Like, those, like, those are the two things I knew about the movie, volleyball and Danger Zone. That's, in, that's incredible. Uh, well, this movie comes, uh, what, some 30-plus years later, following up our journey of uh, Pete Mitchell. Now, the official synopsis reads, after more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as courageous test pilot and dodging the advancements in the rank that would ground him. Uh, top Gun is written by Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer, and Christopher McQuarrie, who we all know from uh, Mission Impossible, frequent collaborator with Tom Cruise, last few Mission Impossible movies. Uh, it also stars Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connelly, Miles Teller, and much, much more. Um, and it's directed, I don't want to, it's also directed by Joseph uh, Kaczynski. So we're going to dive into Top Gun Maverick. Here we go. So before Top Gun Maverick came out, this was this month. Uh, I think it's coming out May 24th? 27th. 27th. See, oh, I am not on the ball with this. Special screening. Well, I, I, I think there's some like early releases, but general general release is the 27th. This was not the uh, original release date. Obviously, we spent a couple years in a pandemic. Uh, this got pushed back, and uh, they wanted it to appear on as many big screens as possible. We'll get into the reasons why, because I think it actually paid off. But let's talk about some of the fun facts about this movie. Um, the World War II P-51 Mustang scene in the movie is actually Tom Cruise's own airplane, with him being an accomplished pilot in real life. Now, I, I find it funny. Not funny, haha, but kind of interesting, because I feel like Tom Cruise at this point now just has the skill sets to actually be a spy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, wrong. he literally, like, his lots of career has been him turning into an action hero, like, in real life, on top of that, on top of just playing one. Now, Tom Cruise's involvement in this film was also predicated on the condition that the real aircraft used in the aerial sequences were not CG, which, look, we know that Tom Cruise, when he's a guy, he reminds me almost as a, a a little bit of an American Jackie Chan. I mean, not as intense, but an American Jackie Chan. And the fact of like, I don't necessarily know. You can tell you're you can't tell Tom Cruise he's not going to do something. <laughs> like if there's a stunt or something that he wants to do or learn, he's going to do it. 
he's Tom fucking Cruise. I mean, you're not wrong. Like there's a willingness to throw themselves into just genuine danger because they refuse to take this scene any less seriously than they would need to. Right now, uh, at the instance of Tom Cruise, there were no green screen or CGI aerial shots in this film. And even the close close-ups of the cockpit shots are taken during real life uh, in-flight sequences. The, this is meant, uh, sorry, this meant that much of the cast had to undergo extensive G-force training sessions to withstand the physical demands of G-force pressure during the flights. I find that very impressive because anybody that uh, walks out of this movie, they pull a lot of G's. This is uh, this is pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, get it. Um, in the film, they say they go up to 10 G's, which is like thousands of pounds of pressure just pushing against your body like like you wouldn't be able to breathe. Right. Now, it's also unknown if uh, it was it was unknown if Al Kilmer was going to be in this movie due to his battle with throat cancer. However, as of Jan- January of 2020, he did confirm to reprise his role of, of the Iceman. Um, and we'll talk about we'll talk about Val Kilmer's appearance in this film. Uh, Tom Cruise is now older than Tom Skerritt was when he played Viper in the original Top Gun. It's interesting. Uh, it was also rumored that the plot would be centered around drone warfare before Tom Cruise confirmed that the sequel would be going back to fighter jets. Drones will still serve some points uh, in the plot, of, however. Um, Miles Teller was cast in the role of Goose's son, beating out the likes of Nicholas Holt, who we all know from the X-Men, and Glenn Powell. All three were flown to the home of Tom Cruise, the star of the film, for the chemistry test. Powell I like was, to imagine that he didn't give them any warning. That was part of the test. Is that <laughs> right, right, right. A helicopter comes down, three men lead you in suits, lead you in with a bog over your head, and then the first thing you see is Tom Cruise like a super villain across from his pool. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Powell was later cast in the movie uh, in a role beefed up for him, having impressed Cruise, producer Jerry Bruckheimer, as well as uh, Paramount Pictures and Skydance uh, executives with his audition. Shirtless beach football montage had to be shot twice because Tom Cruise did not find the first version very good. Uh, the reshoots placed uh, additional pressure on the actors to get ripped bodies back to the reshoot scenes. Cast members Glenn Powell recounted, uh, we shot it and that uh, that night we all went out for milkshakes and tater tots. Uh, so it's interesting. Like mm-hmm. that's something that, that, you know, in the original Top Gun, we get this volleyball scene. There is uh, now we get this football scene. So. Now you got to have that on point. Jennifer Connelly has been cast as Penny Benjamin in the original Top Gun in 1986. The character is referenced by Goose as being the daughter of an admiral that Maverick had dated. As of the 1986 version, Connelly was a minor at 16 years of age. Connelly is eight years younger than Tom Cruise. The uh, the F-18 uh, E Super Hornet that was used in the hero fight plane for Maverick is about to be used for the Navy acrobatic team, the Blue Angels, to replace older models for the 2001 air show. Uh, and this is something, Brandon, I, I'm actually happy that you're on this podcast because you said that uh, your dad is an extensive military background. So it's going to be pretty cool to kind of uh, dive into this aspect of the film as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I, <laughs> I've, I've spoken to him about the original Top Gun. I've spoken to him about this one, and it's. I mean, and he will admit, like, the the first one looks cool, 
uh, but from his experience as an actual, like from within the cockpit, uh, kind of a, like experience in his life, uh, he it's dumb as hell. Right, <laughs> it's, right. it's, 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 it's fast and furious, you know. It's still like I'm, I'm comparing it in something I'm writing for Comic Book Resources. Easy plug for myself. Uh, I'm writing about it, comparing it to Star Wars because that's kind of what it turns into. Um, right. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but this is like the planes and everything they're using real life real creations they're using the real g's as you said uh and then the actual aerial fights are so weirdly over like so like over the top they're really really cool i'll admit but they're also really really over the top right <laughs> now its original release date was to be july 12th 2019 it would have been one week after spider-man far from home and one week before the lion king uh, on Wednesday, August 29th, 2018, around a month or two into filming, its release date was pushed back to June 26, 2020, removing one of 2019's most anticipated movies that year. Uh, then on April 2nd of 2020, Paramount announced that it would be postponing the film by six months due to the COVID-19 pandemic in uh, December 23rd, 2020. In September of 2020, the film was delayed to July 2021 uh, due to the ongoing pandemic. And on April 9th, 2021, Paramount delayed the film once again to November 19th, 2021, making it the fourth uh, release date change. The film took the spot of Tom Cruise's other Paramount film, Mission Impossible 7, in 2022, which would have supposed to be released. Uh, in September, September 20, uh, sorry, September 1st, 2021, uh, due to the Delta variant of COVID, Paramount delayed the film once again. Uh, for the fourth time to May 27th, 2022, which is the date. Uh, it's coming out now. Um, that's a lot of changes for a film. And and obviously, looking at it now, I know that this was such a highly anticipated movie in 2019, but I am really happy that they delayed it a little bit so we can get that big screen experience with this one. Uh, but you know what? I think that's enough of the fun facts. I think we should just dive into the movie. Sounds good. Here we go. Yeah. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Top Gun Maverick, here we go. Let's talk about it. First of all, uh, Brandon, I want to talk about this a little bit because you did not have a great experience with the original Top Gun. Is that correct? Yeah, I I never grew I've seen the original one plenty of times. I also grew up not particularly caring for it, partly because Air Force Father, you know, making fun of the <laughs> making fun of the naval pilots in it. Um and, and partly just because it wasn't like I wasn't one that I connected with when I was younger. So it was always like, I have grown to like Tom Cruise as a performer, especially when he really stretches for a part. But like, it took me a while. I'll say this, I'll be diplomatic about it. It took me a while to get there. <laughs> and I think a lot of that stems from me as a kid seeing the original Top Gun and not enjoying it all that much. Kevin, you didn't have any experience with the original Top Gun, and you went into this movie. I don't want to say blind, but you didn't have you didn't have the context of of the original film from thirty years prior. Um, looking back now, because you have seen the film since, because look, now I think we can say uh, I, I loved this film personally. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it more. Why uh, I did love this film. You also like this film, yeah. And did it inspire you to want to watch the original version in '86? Yeah, I, I mean, I always kind of wanted to watch the original. I have it on Blu-ray. Just never had a reason. Just yeah, never. It's just one of those things. Like it wasn't a big deal to me, uh, other than it being, you know, the roller coaster. Like my first really big roller coaster when I was like seven years old. It's like I was finally tall enough to ride everything. Uh, it's 
Yeah. Oh, I, I later found out it was like a big basis of my fraternity. Like our, our mottos, so to speak, have a lot of influence from the film. And I just realized how goofy my fraternity is now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it had no real, like, you know, it was like a cultural reference that you would see on like Family Guy and stuff like that. But it didn't, it was like, by that point, we had Star Wars already. We had, you know, like cooler stuff that flew and then fighter planes. Look, there is no, there is no bigger, I want to say movie star. Like the moviest of the movie stars is Tom Cruise, in my opinion. I feel that like in our current era of movie stars, real movie stars, Tom Cruise is right up there, right? And I felt like for me personally, watching this film, it just hearkened summer to me. It felt like a, a, a perfect summer movie. Uh, you know, do you guys remember back in the day when we were young, we lads uh, anticipating these summer movies? And you get things like Independence Day, right? You get really hyped about it. Um, to me, Top Gun Maverick hit, all, hit everything that it needed to hit in order for me to enjoy the movie, uh, in order for me to enjoy an action movie, but also a great summer blockbuster. Uh, Brandon. Let me ask you, Tom Cruise, he's been doing this a long time. He only does action movies at this point. I know that you didn't necessarily grow up as a Tom Cruise fan, but would you say in this film that as uh, as Pete Mitchell Maverick, Tom Cruise uh, did a great job? He did a better job than he did before. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm just going to be diplomatic this entire, this entire podcast. Uh, because here's the thing is I I know I knew going into this that I was of the three of us, I'm the one that probably had the most critical opinion about this film. Um, but I wanna stress I don't think it's that it's poorly made at all. I just don't like there are parts of it I just don't think were very effective. I just everything about it is well constructed and that that extends to the performances and that extends to Tom Cruise. He did he does solid work in this as to action star Tom uh, Tom Cruise, <laughs> like I, he's he's he can be like there are moments where it really works like there's a sequence where the what the 19th time he thinks about goose's death in the film um so you know 30 minutes into it uh like there's a sequence where he's outside of the bar and he's he's really having this flashback and it's such a shout like it's such a shout out to the original one because miles teller is doing something that goose did in the original film um and that that moment really translates well. That's a good indicator of what Cruise can do. What Cruise, you know, when the film is working at top cylinders, uh, is going off like it. He can have those moments, but then you also get stuff of Tom Cruise like doing cheeky twenty-year-old Tom Cruise like uh, romantic interest stuff. Hey man, if, when I, I turn sixty years old, on, I want to be mad on multiple levels. I get it. I get it. But let me ask you a question, Kevin, because. Uh, one thing is Tom Cruise, I think, is that he, like I said, he's the moviest of the movie stars. But in order to enjoy this film, did you need to watch the original Top Gun? Not at all. I, yeah, I, yeah, I knew nothing really of the first Top Gun. And I, you know, for the most part, went in blind other than like, I know the dedication Tom Cruise puts into his movies now. And like, even if you watch like the behind the scenes of The Mummy, like his behind the scenes made me really want to watch the mummy. Is that right? Yeah, like the like the stuff that Tom Cruise does to pull this stuff off is incredible. So I knew at the very least I would get really cool, like you know, fighter jet stuff. But watch then the that's just ten minutes the of the mummy, and you won't want to watch the rest of the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I got to the. I just really wanted to see the scene where he's hanging on the plane because I watched the behind the scenes of that, and like I I watched it in like a three D incubator egg 
from like Paramount set up at Comic Con, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be the coolest anti gravity scene ever. And it was a cool scene. It was just you, you had to wake up in time to you know to see it. You know, Tom Cruise, <laughs> Tom Cruise is kind of unique in that way. And I'm gonna say his collaboration with Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, I feel like, and I hope I'm saying that right because I always have I always like kind of butcher his name. But I but I think that his collaboration with Tom it, it might be something that tom needed i feel like because uh well look i think those mission impossible films have gotten progressively better with each film uh and i also think that in all honesty top this top gun does a great job of being better than its predecessor i would call it this like the ghost protocol of the franchise right i i would agree yeah. I, I, agree. I I woke up just thinking this one is better. Like this 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 there's nothing I can really criticize it from a like filmmaking perspective. This is just there are things about it that I personally think are dumb. But like <laughs> I, I think you guys are right. This is very like as a film, this works a lot better. This is a very good follow-up to the first one. In the you know, sense that it improves or it, it it expands upon it and it improves upon it. Another thing that I uh, really liked about Top Gun Maverick, that, I mean, look, we, we live in this generation, in this era of remakes. I mean, not just remakes, but reboots or even continuations after years and years have passed from its uh, from its original uh, source material. But like something that, that we got a sequel to just recently was uh, Coming to America, right? And I I like the I love the original Coming to America, but it almost felt like that was such a, I don't, it was almost like plot for plot, almost the same movie it felt like to me. Whereas this didn't feel like that. Uh, I felt like that there's, de like Brandon had mentioned, there's definitely nostalgia scenes for people that have seen seen the original film, but I don't necessarily Whoa. think that they're played for nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, nostalgia's sake. I think that like these scenes that are nostalgic, they serve a purpose. And I think that's one thing that they execute really, <clears throat> excuse me, really well in this film. I would I would agree because like especially not knowing those scenes. So like the scene where he sees um uh Rooster playing the piano and then they flash back to him seeing Goose play the piano. Like I don't know the context I didn't know the context of the scene when watching it, but it it builds up, you know, uh his character, Maverick's character at that point. Like you start to see like, okay, he really cares about this kid. He really cares about him, but he, somehow he messed up and he knows he has to deal with that. And it's like hitting him like, oh man, this big blow up's gonna come. Right, 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 right. Well, let's talk about. Uh, look, there's a, there's a great cameo in here by Ed Harris, which I did not expect. Um, let's talk about the the movie a little bit because now that we know that uh, Pete Maverick Mitchell has essentially not progressed at all in his career in the military, uh, he he's essentially just been a uh, relegated he's, to just being a, a captain. He's a, he's effectively a test pilot. Yeah, effectively, boy choice. Do you boy. feel, Brandon? I mean, we've heard so many rumors in the past about Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise doing the uh, the Green Lantern film. I mean, there's a there's been a lot made out of this. Do you think that this would have? I know this is going to be a completely kind of like left field uh, conversation, <laughs> but do you think that this could have been like a little bit of a uh, test run for what a Green Lantern would have looked like with Tom Cruise and and Christopher McQuarrie at the helm? I'm not gonna lie. I would be curious to see what that would be like. Like if you took this plot and put it on a Green Lantern film with the same cast, I'd probably be pretty game for it. With like all the Hal Jordan, you know, with the white and the whiteness hair, uh, right before Parallax level, just like training the next generation of lanterns because he can't. Like that sounds like a bit. I mean, that's less goofy sci-fi than what Tom, uh, Top Gun Maverick really was. Um, but like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, that way, yeah. If you're gonna do that kind of like, I could see Tom Cruise in that older Hal Jordan mode. I'm also not the biggest fan of Hal Jordan, so this works out perfectly for me. <laughs> with this. 
<laughs> uh, well, look, we get elements of uh, of the past there, and we we obviously know that Maverick is it hasn't changed much in his approach to uh, his uh, aviation. Uh, I guess is being a pilot, a pilot. I guess uh, he hasn't changed very much since then. But what we have, what we do see, is uh, all these other characters that have kind of moved past him that are like younger than him, and uh, they bring him back to Top Gun, which is obviously a big part of the plan. Um, let's talk about let's talk about some of this supporting cast a little bit because I do think that, uh, well, there's a couple uh, thoughts about this, but Miles Teller really knocks it out of the park as Rooster. I think that like. Miles Teller did such a great job of playing this character, but also I, I I would love to ask him too, how much of uh, Anthony Edwards goose did he have to study in order to get some of these mannerisms, right? Because it really did feel like Bradley rooster Bradshaw was legitimately, uh, you know, goose's son. So what did you guys think about some of these supporting performances? Kevin, we'll go with you on that one. Uh, I thought Glenn Powell was kind of the breakout star. Like, because you, with the other characters, you kind of knew what they were going to be. And well, Glenn Powell was like, Glenn Powell's the new Maverick. Yeah. But like, kind of a bit douchier. And it's like, he's like the perfect mix of Maverick and Frosted Tips. Ah. You just have this, like, but, you know, he's, he's really good. He's also all for the team. So even though he's kind of a dick about everything, like, it's for the betterment of everybody. And it's it's just weird. Like, you think you wouldn't like him, but he's like, you're, you, when he does his stuff, you're on his side. He's like, yeah, I get it. Like, you're, yeah, it's weird because he's so likably unlikable. Yeah, you know, I will say this supporting cast is quite impressive. Uh, Lewis Pullman played, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Lewis Pullman was in this. Uh, he played uh, Bob. Anybody, everybody remembers Bob. I also uh, like really liked Bob and Phoenix. I did too. Bob, Bob, honestly, I think coming away, Bob's gonna be a fan favorite character. Um, Glenn Powell did a phenomenal job as Hangman. Um, you know, oh, another one, Monica Barbaro played Phoenix. I thought she was great yeah. in this. Oh film. yeah, no, Aaron Bob. Like, I think my my initial response coming out of the movie was honestly, and I understand why we didn't get it because it's Maverick's movie. It's it's Tom Cruise's film. Like it's very much the focus of the film is on him and his journey. I wanted more time with the other pilots because they're a lot of fun. Could have <laughs> been more. You know, like, and it's like, interesting. I like, and I understand why we don't focus on them within this film, but I think they do the limited space that they do get all of the entire younger cast. You have Danny Ramirez, uh, who you, from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, as. Uh, uh, yeah, he played like, fanboy. Like he's fantastic as fanboy and, and payback as well. Jay Ellis, like the all of the and as you guys said, Lewis Pullman, uh, Glenn Powell, like all of them are just and Monica. They're all fantastic. Yeah. They just don't get a lot to do. They, you know, hey, they all get, they all get that, very straightforward roles. Speaking of somebody that doesn't get a lot to do is Manny Aceto, who played Fizz, Fritz, oh, was, um, and, which is interesting because I feel like if you're talking about an actor that's on the rise right now. I think Manny Aceto would probably be on the tip of people's tongues. Uh, Nine Perfect Strangers, he he was just in. He killed it on a good place. I feel like and he's a good-looking dude. I'm a little surprised that um, I feel like there had to have been scenes cut out for Manny Aceto. Yeah. Because it, it didn't feel like he played much of a role in the film. But um, in terms of those uh, younger pilots that we focus on, Danny Ramirez is fanboy, Jay Ellis is payback, uh, Glenn Powell's hangman, uh, Bob, played by Lewis Pullman, Monica Barbaro's uh, Phoenix. Those are the main characters that we kind of follow along in this journey. I will say this. I really, really enjoyed the premise of this film way more than I thought it was going to. Um, I I thought that, because uh, like we had we talked about it earlier, uh, about this possibly being like a drone type of uh, thing. I thought this was going to be a lot more of a 
war movie than a sci-fi movie. And I think we got a little bit of a mix of both in a good way, in my opinion. Brandon, what says you? It's a tr- it, they literally do the trench run from A New Hope. About to say that. Yeah. They literally do a trench run, and then they threw a mountain in to make it complicated. <laughs> like, it's, it turns strategy. so heavily into a sci-fi. Like, it turns into a fantasy film. Like, here's the thing. is like, you're, you're not wrong to wonder, was this going to be a war film? Um, here's the thing, though. What nation is, are we fighting? Is the United States fighting <laughs> in Top Gun Maverick? Do they ever say it? No, no I yeah, think no. They I think they, they walk a, they walk a very fighting. they walk a very fine line. But like, uh, let's talk I about. Think this. I think at one point, I think at one point, you're in a control room, and one of the like people at the controls base is just like, "Yeah, they've got jets flying out of." <laughs> yeah, they're coming straight for you guys. Like, it's like we're fighting just bad guy ink. Yeah, I think the bad guy of Oia. It's interesting because this this movie came out like timing wise. I think it came out. Uh, I mean, you couldn't hit it right more on the right closer on the nose than you did with Top Gun Maverick, but yeah, you're right. They they do kind of um, allude to the villain being, or I don't want to say villain. They do allude to their adversaries being from. Uh, I, I'm gonna assume Russia, uh, but that's never said in the film. And I think uh, just sociopolitically, that is something that uh, Paramount probably just didn't want to get into. Some of those planes are based on Russian planes. <laughs> oh, is is that something? Is that right? Mm, mm-hmm. It's something I've been I've been doing a little bit of background research for a couple of things I'm writing up for CBR. Another plug for myself. Uh, there you go. It's uh, it's yeah. The like the, some of the some of the planes we see in the in the film are based on some of the Russian designs. Uh, also, yeah, it's also something that's interesting is that I, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my memory, the first Top Gun never really makes it overt that they're fighting Russia either. Like, which is just a bizarre like continuation, I guess. Of this, like it, it, it's it's very much a raw, raw look at the cool stuff film without any of the complicated politics that come with a genuine war drama or like war, a plotline that involves an actual conflict. But you know what's actually fascinating about this movie? At least I found fascinating about this movie is that I know that we t- I said that I was I was uh, expecting a war movie and we kind of got a sci-fi movie, but in a lot of ways I felt like the reason I re- this movie resonated so deeply with me is it honestly feels like a sports movie in a way uh, about team building and teamwork. Like I felt like there's definitely elements in this film that feel like like some of those uh, heartfelt sports movies. Um, Kevin, I want to ask you for a second. Uh, one of the care. Well, let's let's go based on this uh, sports analogy for a second. What did you think about the team uh, that was assembled here for Top Gun Maverick? I it felt like an All Star game. It did, right? Yeah, like you have the best of the best of like recent generations coming together to because you need the best of the best to pull off this this huge win that's you're not meant to win. It kind of felt like Mighty Ducks 2. It did feel like Mighty Ducks 2. In a lot of ways, <laughs> yeah. it did feel like Mighty Ducks 2. I it's love like, Mighty Ducks 2, by the way. It's like, yeah, you had the you had your you had your team, but it's like, all right, but we're taking on something bigger. So we need the, you know, we need Connie, uh, we need um Kenny Wu. We need the speed skater. We like so then that's what it kind of felt like in that point. Now, Brandon, uh, I gotta ask you about John Hamm. He plays uh Bo Cyclone Simpson in this film. Uh, talk to me about John Hamm's performance. What did you think? John Hamm is honestly because he's doing a good job of what they've given him, which is the, like it, it's kind of the when your main character is called Maverick, you need to, like they might have might as well have just put authority as his <laughs> name tag. You know, like he was like that's a character. Tom Cruise's character 
is designed to rebel, to prove that, you know, man can overcome your expectations, yada, yada, yada. And John Hamm does a good job of that. He, he Because he doesn't make him overtly villainous, which is, I think would be the easy move there, would be to make him one-dimensional. And while he's not necessarily a, a super nuanced character, and I mean that in terms of, like, he doesn't need to be for the plot. Like, he is more of a plot device. He is a roadblock. But John Hamm makes that roadblock compelling in the mindset of like he's he's not happy about this, but he has made peace with the not even peace, but he's been forced to kind of accept the idea that we're going to lose people doing this mission. And I think yeah. that was a very and I find that to be a very interesting perspective on that kind of the thing that the, the Mavericks like we can all do all of these pilots can do this. You have to plan it like we can pull it off. No, we have to plan it realistically. <laughs> Which I like that is is and John Hamm does a good job with it. You like it's. And I think that's probably one of the reasons you cast John Hamm in that role. Like, unless John Hamm is purposely trying to be villainous and douchey and terrible, you tend to like him. He does have a, a, a jovial, like, even when he's being super serious, you can kind of hint at the humanity with a lot of his performances. Um, and I think that he does a good job with this. He makes the character feel like a character and not the, the caricature that he could have become. You know, this feels like John Hamm from the movie The Town a little bit. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like there's a little bit of that tone in there. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Jennifer Connelly for a second, because first of all, she is great in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, and at least in my opinion, I think she's phenomenal in this movie. And I think she actually brought a lot to the role of Penny that I maybe wasn't expecting. Um, her daughter interactions with uh, Maverick were great. I... I like the character a lot. I love that Jenner. I love the way that Jennifer Connelly portrayed this character. Uh, as we were watching the film, though, Kevin was sitting next to me, and or maybe the film ended, and I think Kevin Kevin said to me, he was like, "Man, Jennifer Connelly looks great in this film." Mm. Chat me up. Talk to me about Jennifer Connelly and Top Gun Maverick, Kev. I, there's no way to not like fall in love with her from this movie. Whether you know whether it's her performance, whether it's the way like she was framed, like there was just a still shot of her. I think it was like with a prime lens with like she's in perfect focus and there's just like these fluttery lights in the background. It's like it, it's what you imagine seeing you know, like love at first sight is. Sure. And there was it's the way you know she is, you know, she's not weak, she's not submissive, she's making him better, she's making everything better. She is, you know, kind of just this driving inspiration for everything that she's a part of. And it's impossible to not just like love her character. It's yeah. And she's gorgeous. She's like gorgeous. on on top of that too, it's just like every frame of this film is just beautifully shot. Whether it's action mm -hmm. or still, it's like Claudia Miranda. Like there's no way to not just like you could watch this without the sound, which you shouldn't because it's like even the sound designs. Like the, this is the perfect like full IMAX movie experience. But, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. actually. I, and this is a uh, this is a big part of this film is that this was delayed so long mainly because Paramount wanted audience to see this on the biggest screen possible. And looking at it now, I'm happy they waited. It was the right choice because uh, you you completely you hit hit it right on the head. From sound design to to the actual picture, this movie hits it, emotionally. It hits. I feel like this is the reason. Why we go to summer movies. Why we go to summer blockbusters. Uh, this, Top Gun Maverick is the reason. Now, Brandon, do you? what do you feel? Do you think this is like like one of these summer movies that people should be anticipating? I think I think you touched on it earlier, Joe, actually, when you brought up comparisons like Independence Day, um, the, the, that kind of blockbuster feeling. Um, this feels like 
a genuine blockbuster in that sense. I think if you are excited to see a big bold movie, a big bombastic, you know, blast, this is this is a good fit. Like it's the action is ridiculous, but I've never said it with like you'll notice I've never I haven't really talked about the quality of it. Uh, it looks cool as hell. Uh, especially see it in IMAX if possible because it's it's filmed with that kind of in mind, but not in a distracting manner. It's if you are looking for something fun at the box office or at the theater, uh, this is a good fit. This is a good pick. Um, I it, I'd like your patience with the rest of the plots uh, may depend on how much you like Tom Cruise because uh, the movie is just you know, wall to wall. Either Tom Cruise doing something that makes Tom Cruise look cool, or Tom Cruise reminding you about how much you love the first Top Gun. Uh, but that, like everything to do with the younger crew, everything to do with uh, the way, yeah, you're right to bring in the cinematography. Uh, it looks phenomenal. It, the film looks great. Uh, if you're looking for something fun to watch, this is something fun to watch. Well, Brandon, I actually wanted to ask you about this because I feel that, like, you look. Know, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm just not sugarcoat this. Uh, you did. You were not in love with the first uh, Top Gun film. Nope. Talk to me. Chat me up. What did you? What What were some of the things you didn't like about this film? This one, I I think I yeah I touched on it a little bit. It's that so much. Like I know that I recognize that both of you like maybe didn't see the nostalgia as as I did because uh, I saw it as like an overwhelming like baseball bat that kept hitting you over the head with like remember yeah, how much you like Top Gun remember how much you like Top Gun remember how much you like Top Gun because it keeps repeating like musical cues it repeats shots it repeats uh it reiterates a lot of things and moments and sequences and even a couple of like literal clips from the original film are peppered throughout the throughout the story um it's very referential and not rever like that's reverence I mean uh, for the original Top Gun in a way that I found very distracting. Uh, with, I was sitting there like, I, you, I recognize that you guys like Top Gun. At, we're seeing Top Gun 2. Clearly, we all have made peace with Top Gun as a piece of art. But use that, I wish they'd use that time more on the other pilots or have used that time to, uh, to like develop some of, the other, some of the characters a little bit more. Um, I, I, I can agree with that. Mainly, I, I, I completely agree with that, especially with uh, some of those other pilots that they brought in. Where I feel like we focus really mm -hmm. on five, and I feel like they brought in twelve. So, like, there's a, there's a, like these seven other uh, pilots that that are in the film. Manny Cito being one of them. Ma yeah, Ma Manny's Manny's probably the biggest one. You know, you recognize him. And go, oh look, and then he just does nothing else. Like the rest, you see him in like group shots occasionally. Um, yeah, and then and then yeah, it really comes down to your patience for Tom Cruise and Maverick. As a character, like Matt Maverick, as a like the center of the film, this guy who you brought up—it's a team experience. It's kind of got a bit of a sports feel to it. I can concede that it does have a little bit of that feel to it. Uh, but most sports films don't have the coach all of a sudden show up and start being like, "I should just do this myself," literally yelling that I should do this myself. Uh, like it's not getting super spoilery about what happens in the film. Uh, it's if you like Tom, like. I don't, I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan in the world. Again, I've, I've grown to like him in very specific places and various, when he when I feel that he's going in these neat, unique characters, I think he does very, very well. Um, so, I, but if you're not enamored with that, with him and that kind of character, um, it's, you know, you're going to be like me, be like, just, all right, please get back to the other pilots. Please get back to the plane fights. I don't, I don't care. I don't yeah, care. You know what? I'm it's glad not, you it's said not that, fully though. made, but I don't care. I, I will say this about the film, though. Like, I feel like in a movie like Tom, or Tom Cruise Maverick, mm -hmm. Top Gun Maverick, 
I feel like in this film, there's definitely something for everybody, though. Whether you're a fan of uh, Tom Cruise himself, uh, a fan of uh, the original Top Gun, or just a fan of, like, cool action scenes. Like, I'll be honest with you. I told Kevin this after the screening. Uh, some of these action scenes we saw in this movie were tense. And I felt like I was tense as a movie watcher uh, watching this film, my experience with this film. I felt like that uh, a lot of the shots that they had were... Man, they were grand. They they were very grand in the way that they were presented, and I think that like the way the the attention to detail that that Tom Cruise, Christopher McQuarrie, uh, Joseph Kaninsky, all these guys had for this film, I think it shows on screen. Uh, I don't disagree with you, Brandon. I I think that there's parts of this that are trying to pull at the heartstrings of the original Top Gun fans, and I feel that like all three of us had a different experience with the original Top Gun film. Uh, Kevin had no experience with it. You had a very negative experience with it. And I actually, uh, for the most part, I thought it was a fine film. Um, but this one, I think, has something for everybody. If you talk about a popcorn movie, I don't think uh, there's another movie I've seen this year yet that's as popcorn of a movie than Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Kevin, what say you? I, it's the archetype of summer movies. Like It's the ultimate summer movie. You have quotable lines. You have, you know... A really good-looking cast. Like you have incredible, you know, action. You feel enough. You know, you you know, you get some heartstring pulls. You like, you get some like real, like tension-breaking comedy. You get you know your love and romance. You get every, everything. Something for everybody. It's you're gonna go in and you're gonna leave just you're like oh damn that was a good time at the movie. Right. And right. that's I think I think that's what it was going for. And it in terms of that sense, like it was did it at the highest level you can do it now brandon i want to ask you a question because you did watch the original top gun um look i love val kilmer and 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 mm -hmm. i know he, he has his uh he's going through a lot of health issues right now with throat cancer uh when they announced val kilmer was returning um that was a big deal mm -hmm. chat me up brandon talk to me about the usage of Iceman and val kilmer in this film because me personally I thought they did a great job with it. I thought they did a fantastic they, job. I, I have the feeling that they may have intended something different for him originally. Right. And then you're right. You're the mental, uh, I'm sorry, I apologize, uh, the uh, health issues that, that are, uh, arose in his life um, kind of impacted that. And I feel that they, you're right, they did, they did a very respectful uh, version of this. They, they A very respectful approach to Kilmer's performance in the film. He gives... A great performance, that, nice. you know, in the very limited time. And like Val Kilmer was, you know, is was and is continues to be a great performer. Obviously, um, even if you know he, you, you, the, you can have personal feelings and feel he's miscast sometimes in his career. But like when he's when he's on, he's on. Um, this is one where you get that feeling that there is a genuine sense of because it didn't feel like the soldier uh, so much as it felt like a culmination, if that yeah. makes sense. Like it felt like even if you haven't seen the film, um, uh, like uh, I've seen the original film. I mean, um, you can like like Kevin hasn't. Like you can get the feeling that um, there is something there. There's a weight there. It's the one time Maverick really opens up fully to someone. Uh, like it's it's a genuine moment, and I think Kilmer does kill that moment. And that that's also a moment that Tom Cruise does phenomenal work in. Uh, when Tom Cruise isn't trying to look like the coolest guy in the world, I like him as a performer a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, though. Uh, Tom Cruise is, like, the coolest guy in the world. Like, <laughs> not not even joking, man. Like, like this guy, 
regardless of what you feel about his films, you can't you can't knock his passion or work ethic. No, and I feel you like at, the, at all. The one thing that Tom Cruise I, look, there's very few entertainers that we see on screen that have this kind of innate kind of charisma and um, kind of like energy. Tom Cruise is one of those very few people that invoke, at least for me, the essence of a throwback movie star, a current action star, but also just somebody that seems just so relatable. Mainly it's because uh, you got to think in pop culture, just in general, if you almost tell anybody who Tom, ask him who Tom Cruise is, they're going to know who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it feels like when you see him in some of these more, and by the way, this is a fun fact that I learned through a a friend named uh, Ben that do you guys realize that Tom Cruise has only reprised uh, a role three times in his whole career? Four times, three times, three times. Yeah. Uh, Reacher, Reacher, Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hunt. And, and, and this character, uh, Hmm. Pete Maverick Mitchell, that's quite impressive for, for, for the career that the guys had. Yeah. Especially when you consider how, how franchisey Hollywood has become and how, yeah, any of the films that he used to star in would have probably led to, you know, full films and a streaming spin-off nowadays. Right. Like, it's, you, it, you're right, it's it's worth pointing out, and it is one of the things I find very compelling about him as a performer, is that Tom Cruise, to his credit, it seems to be genuinely always interested in trying something different. He always tries to approach, like, he doesn't have just the action films i mean in the last few years it really seems to have dominated a lot of it because i mean can you blame the man at this point he just goes i want to ride a plane on the outside and they say yeah we'll figure it out uh, i mean literally we were reporting earlier that building. yeah we were literally reporting earlier this year that tom cruise is trying to mo- shoot a movie in space so like i feel like there are no bounds this man will go to to in order to entertain us as fans but granted the hottest men working in hollywood honestly. i don't disagree between him and dwayne johnson I feel like those two <laughs> those two guys are uh, they keep Hollywood alive essentially, but um, I do have to ask you, Kevin, because I I know that you love the movie, but like, are there any scenes that you didn't like? Well, what didn't hit for you? Uh, honestly, it all worked. <laughs> it, 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 like everything about it, like uh, like uh, going back to like John Hamm. Yeah, John Hamm reminds me of like every one of my managers. Yeah, just like. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, but also like how patient John Hamm has to be that his star, you know, his best employee, his best is the biggest pain in his ass. Yeah, like that he has to deal with. Like it's like he could get it done without him, but also it's like it's gonna be so much better with them that he has to deal with it. And he, he like that quiet seething rage of acceptance is something I feel like that's just so subtle, but it's so there and something I just recognize from a lot of people who manage me. It's just like it's. I thought like every like every every but this, this movie to me is like there's it's the example of there are no small parts right and every, well Manny Aceto yeah. had a small part but I get what you're saying like every <laughs> everyone understood like they're part of this world and regardless if they're saying something or not they're part in the world matters absolutely Brandon uh, I know that we talked about some of the things you didn't like and I know that you it was a little harder for Top Gun to win you over mainly because of uh. Uh, of your experience with the original, but chat me up, man. What did you? What did you like about this film? I, I, I'll say that, yeah, I love the I love the younger the the rest of the cast is all uniformly good. Cruz is good in uh, when he gets to play you know the character as opposed to just doing the cool stuff. Um, and the cool stuff looks cool as hell. Like it is a film that uh, is clearly not using much CGI. Is using CGI only when absolutely necessary it is a film built uh and i 
it's it would be disingenuous for me to say that I love the ridiculousness of something like, say, the Fast and Furious movies, but then turn my the Marvel films, but then turn my nose up to the ridiculousness of Top Gun. Like, hey, hey, uh, they're, all, they're, they're, they're all in that blockbuster family, and it's a like I can't. There's nothing critical I can say of the production. The production of the film is fantastic. I just think that and like I'm coming at it from a like script standpoint from a character standpoint from a personal like preference standpoint that's that's where my my concerns start to pop in i think it's a very well-made film i think the cast is uniformly really strong and it looks fantastic gotcha yeah now uh, jennifer connelly played penny benjamin a character we get referenced in the first film uh as a, as a love interest for maverick Shh, talk to me brandon talk to me about tom cruise and jennifer connelly and their chemistry in this film so they're going for this, like, oh, we're young at heart, and we're finally rediscovering each other kind of feeling for the two of them. And, you know, the, both of them are genuinely great performers. They're both, you know, <laughs> they're both beautiful human beings. Like, it's fun to watch them, like, in theory, have this very sweet romance. Um, I found it, uh, and again, but it relies so much on what I've got to come as recurring as a, as a thing for me. Uh, Tom Cruise being the coolest guy in the room is the least interesting Tom Cruise to me. So all the shots of him like in a tight t-shirt, like climbing out of a window and it being cutesy because like, oh look, it's like the teenagers. Like I'm just sitting there going, I there's a mission against a nation that I don't understand, but I thought it was super important. I don't know why we're here. Uh, or focusing on the other characters. Like I don't, it, it's one of those things that really depends on on cruise like Jennifer Connolly is good in the role she's good at bouncing off him but she she herself doesn't have a huge amount of depth afforded to her she is there primarily as a initially as a snark you know some somebody to cruise to bounce off of and then she becomes somebody for cruise to bounce off of like there's not a lot to her character the, the chemistry is good but like because you know they're both Jennifer Connolly and Tom Cruise um but so much of it again depends on your how much you like Maverick and this this persona and this kind of personality that he has because uh, he's he's all charming and you know he's trying to kind of it's a very charming Tom Cruise uh, storyline. Would this have worked for you if it was Kelly Kelly McGinnis's character instead? I doubt it. Honestly, I so do. You, I'm, are I'm you under the impression? That. I mean, do you think that Tom at this point Maverick didn't even need a love interest at this point? Then I don't he think he did. I, I don't think he did. I think this film would have been serviced better of giving a little bit more room to his relationship with Rooster, a little bit more time, giving a little bit more of him with the other members of the brass. Um, hell, even just him and his uh tech chief would have been i think better used used time and space i don't think you necessarily need i understand why we have jennifer connelly in the movie because if you have the ability to have jennifer connelly in the movie you do it um but like i don't think the film needed it i will agree with you on that actually i actually think you're right i i, I do think that if maverick I feel like it's a different movie though if maverick's just dealing with this on his own but i, I agree with you to the extent i don't think penny uh, the character Penny really served a purpose rather than just to bounce off a love interest with Maverick. Um, I do agree with you on that front. I, I, I don't want to say that the romance felt forced, but it felt no. like it had to be in the film in order in order for the in order for Tom Cruise to have a love interest. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, Kevin, now I want to talk to you about something because I do find this very interesting. You might be the only person I have ever met ever met that uh, has never seen Top Gun. 
And uh, Top Gun Maverick inspired you to watch the original Top Gun, even though it's been on your bucket list film or movie, movies to watch. Talk to me about your experience with the original Top Gun, and then talk to me about your experience about how how that how the original Top Gun maybe enhanced your uh, pleasure of this Top Gun film, Top Gun Maverick. All right. So yeah, it's one of those films. Like I literally, I got it, you know, from like a five dollar bin at like a Black Friday. I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. Uh, it's yeah, it's still wrapped up in its plastic on my Blu-ray shelf. I just never got around to it. But then after Top Gun, I was like. Okay, like I really enjoyed Top uh, Top Gun Maverick, so I was like, I, 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 it's on Netflix now. It's easy access, so yeah. I'll check it out. And I watched it, and right away, like the the footage is fuzzy in comparison. <laughs> right, it, it, yeah, costume. it's not the HD that you expect. Yeah. It's it's definitely '80s, like you know '80s uh, yeah. '80s appearance. And uh, you know the cockpit scenes are nowhere near as in, like immersive as they are now. Yeah, but um, in terms of the movie, is like it's like the first Top Gun is like peak 80s it's yeah you know, it's it's cool it's like i could tell it was really cool like we we joke about it now but like that was the thing like yeah. i get i get what it was going for the biggest thing though is kind of seeing like how much influence top gun had on my life without me knowing what the hell top gun was expand on that so one is the my first like big roller coaster and it's like this great roller coaster like every time i go to the park i want mind you uh kevin where are you from oh i'm from stockton uh, in in Stockton's claim to fame is what now? Being the most miserable city in the world for like. I thought six your claim years. to fame was something having to do with Reed Richards. Oh, and uh, being the crash landing spot of the Fantastic Four. This I'm gonna try to fit this into every podcast <laughs> you and I do because you did mention it in the last <laughs> one. So I feel like I'm gonna try to fit it in everywhere yeah. I can. Um, but uh, so there's a theme park, Paramount's Great America, and one of the best roller coasters there is Top Gun. And you know they play Danger Zone as you wait in line. They play clips from the movies. The the ride is painted to look like the fighter, you know, the fighter. It's it's a really good roller coaster, and but then what I didn't realize is like my fraternity has like a lot of philosophies like based off of Top Gun, and right. the big one was never leave your wingman. Right, and it's you know it, oh that's something that 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 harkens throughout I think all of a Greek life and 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 university yeah. level. And so it's like, it, but it's like as hard to drill as that philosophy is to see where it really came from was like, it was just this weird kind of, it was like, it made me like the movie a little more. Really? Yeah, it was like, I was like, oh, I was like, cause it's it's really dumb that it's based on a movie, but it's also really dumb to be in a fraternity. And but listen, it, it teaches you the principles yeah. of like brotherhood almost, I feel like. It, it's a great way to, you know, it's Perfect like, sisterhood. yeah, like I, you know, if it's not for everybody, I get it, it uh, it's the greatest stupid thing I'll ever do. And I, you know, I love it. I'm gonna make fun of it, of course, but yeah, I'm not gonna, like, it doesn't take away from how dedicated I am to it and then but from top gun to top gun maverick going back to the iceman scene and it's like seeing iceman and maverick interact and seeing how like like what brandon said earlier it's not like a it's a continuation it's a full development of both of their characters and that is kind of how i feel when i see my fraternity brothers my fraternity friends like it is like yeah it's based off a goofy 1980s movie but it created such a real strong powerful relationship that you really feel when you see it in maverick and it's it kind of just really like yes you can it might be you know cheesy popcorn flick and it's, it's you know it's not maybe it might not call it high art but it's real it's powerful and you feel it and i think that's what why movies like this stand the test of time why I, top gun was inducted into the you know the film registry like you know it's movies like this that movies are supposed to do they're supposed to evoke emotion mm -hmm. and i feel like top gun maverick 
does that in such a specific way. But depending on your relationship with the original Top Gun, that varies. It, it varies. It varies in a big way. Um, that's fantastic, first of all, because I, I feel like uh, I feel like we don't give films enough credit for the impacts they have on our life and uh, how we can kind of unpack that later on down the line. Because there's certain lines in films too. I, I hear them all the time. God, there was literally, I was thinking of just one of them today. Like uh, electric boogaloo is like a line I hear all the time. And JD always says, I've never seen electric fucking boogaloo. I don't know what that is. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so there's there's these hands handful of things that kind of inform us uh, in, in, in our love of film, I guess, um, with things like Top Gun, where, where it's these memories of films or memories of like uh, certain things that films have done that we may not even be aware of, which is seems like Top Gun was for you. Uh, Brandon, I do have to ask you another question about Top Gun is, uh, look, if all indications seem correct, I think this movie is going to do really well at the box office. And if that mm -hmm. is the case, where do you think the Top Gun franchise goes next? You focus on the new pilots. Honestly, like, I think you... Hangman, I've honestly almost... Honestly, if you're going, I don't want to say reboot this franchise, but if you want to do the Mission Impossible-esque thing with Top Gun, Hangman is your guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's somebody that you can, like, and you you, you have the other pilots, you can, like, I imagine that's one of the reasons they had such a large cast of the pilots, is that they can see which ones kind of track well, which ones do well, with all, which ones audiences gravitate towards. Uh, it is, honestly, a great cast of young performers, of young people, who, of younger actors, and actresses who are coming up in Hollywood right now, you focus a spin-off or a sequel on them, on their continuing development into being the next generation uh, of pilots in, the, in the, the way that Maverick was for his. I think that's the way you go. And then it's up to Cruz, whether he wants to remain a factor in the story or not. Uh, but I think, you I think if you shift the spotlight to those other characters, there's a lot of places you can go with it. In the world of superhero films, Kevin, how does this movie stack up? In one of the superhero films? I mean, you got to think. We live in a generation now that's uh, filled with superhero. Like, I almost feel now that as a as a as a a fan, but also just a fan of, of cinema, I feel like there is a specific specific dates that that we all kind of have marked on our calendars when some of these big superhero movies are coming out, whether they be the Batman, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, or uh, you know uh, what else is coming out? Black Adam, uh, Thor. Uh, Love and Thunder. We live in a generation of superhero movies, and this is this is a for for you know for the most part a throwback a little bit. How does Top Gun Maverick stack up amongst its competition, especially a newer competition that is that is uh, a lot more synonymous with this generation? I think it's going to be a surprise hit, like because like in terms of enjoyment, I had way more fun at Top Gun than uh, Doctor Strange. I would agree. Like it's it's one of those things. It's just, I. I feel like the it's getting people to go see it. Yeah. Because everyone's gonna kind of throw it like, oh, it's a cheesy '80s movie. Yeah. But I feel like people are focusing on you know the joke the '80s is right now, like because it went from being a retro thing to like, okay, now we're making fun of it again. To what like the the thing is what like it captured was cool. It was the coolest thing of its time. It wasn't a joke when it came out. It was the height of cool. And I think this uh, Ma Top Gun Maverick is the height of cool. It's right. the ultimate summer blockbuster movie. You know, it's this year's Independence Day. Sure, like, sure. It's, you know, and it's, whereas, you know, as great as, like, big Marvel movies are, you know, like, Infinity War. Spectacles. Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't put that as a summer movie. That's, like, the biggest 
she's superhero epic. I think it's honestly fair to say too, between Star Wars and Marvel films, um, I want to say it's hard to even just call them films because they're like events. Yeah. Right. Um, in terms of just action movies, summer action movies, Top Gun Maverick felt like that to me. You know, last year, uh, Jungle Cruise was was a good summer movie for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, it's Top Gun Maverick. Um, Brandon, I have a question for you. Now that you've seen Top Gun Maverick, what's Brandon Zachary's call sign? Oh, uh, oh, Joker. Okay. Uh, Kevin, what's your call sign if you're a Top Gun? I say Phoenix, but Phoenix is taking on Phoenix is now taking. You have to spell it differently or else. uh, Well, my name is spelled differently. It is spelled differently. So I guess you could be Phoenix on this team. I think I'm going to go with Sativa Joe. Sativa Joe is going to be my call sign uh, from this point forward. Um, Look, we've talked about this movie, and the reason I didn't do a spoiler warning in this film is because we didn't spoil anything. We did not spoil anything. We we've we've hit certain plot points. We hit we we've talked about our uh our our, our love or in Brandon's case maybe uh his uh would you wait let, before we even get into this, Brandon, what are you what are you giving? How many Mavericks are you giving Top Gun Maverick? Three out of five. Three out dude, uh, that's a lot higher than I thought you were gonna give it. I again I have nothing construct like this. I have constructive criticism for it based on my own preferences, but I don't have any structural complaints about the film like i i think the film could have been better served as a slightly better script but like and nothing against the script itself it's not like it's bad or anything again everything that the film is very functionally made it's very well constructed so i can't in good you know i can't give it a bad i can't say it's a bad movie it's not it's just it's very much a film that like hey i hope you like tom cruise and particularly this version of tom cruise because if you do you're gonna love this movie. I, I do not. So I'm like, you know what? It's good. Kevin, I'm, I'm not ma- gonna think to put it on, but it's good. <laughs> how many Mavericks are you shooting shooting over Top Gun? Uh, 4.75. Four, that's that's very 4.75. Okay. Just purely off a movie going experience, like it's what you. It's one of those like like core memories you're gonna have going to the movies. Yeah. Like it, where it's that's why it's not perfect. To Brandon's point, like. It's not a thinker. It's not, it's like maybe not quite high art, but in terms of. You are talking about the movie after we left the theater. Like, I, I, us, we, we almost talked about the movie for the whole duration of the day, even, even until after we, that Top Gun Maverick was on, maybe out of surprise more than anything else, because we didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Uh, but it's something that we kept talking about. Yeah. It turns, it's, yeah, it's that, it's the, the ultimate like summer movie. It's the experience is why it's, you know, essentially flawless in right. terms of that sense. I'm going to give this 4.5 Mavericks. And here's another note I am going to say. Uh, if you do have the opportunity to watch this movie in theaters, I highly recommend it. Don't wait till it comes on Paramount Plus or whatever streaming service it's going to be on. I highly recommend going and having a theater-going experience with this movie. Because and on, honestly, now I've been thinking about this as we've been chatting about this. And the next experience I want to have with this movie is in a D-Box. Mainly because, like, there's so many cool things that happen in this movie that I feel that, like, I want to experience them. And granted, and, and credit credit to to Joseph, uh, credit to Joseph uh, Kaczynski for this, but he actually does make you feel as immersed in a uh, pilot's chair as you can be without being in a pilot's chair. And I feel like that's something that didn't necessarily happen in the first Top Gun movie. Um, and Brandon, honestly, I know your dad's probably not going to watch this movie. 
but I really hope he does because I, I really, regardless of what he uh, about the military element of it, but the uh, the actual like uh, action sequences, I'm very curious to see what your dad says about it. I here's the thing is yeah, I I expect it's going to be similar. If he watched the film, he said he's not gonna. Uh, <laughs> like I know he would have a very similar response to what he had the first one, which was uh, he likes everybody who's not Tom Cruise, and the act <laughs> he thinks the action is incredibly dumb but looks cool. I, I feel like it would probably be a similar thing. Uh, I described some of the action to him, and he went, absolutely not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, look, Top Gun Maverick, for the most part, got a pretty pretty solid rating from us. I think the average is about uh, a four. Um, it's definitely a recommend. Uh, it's, a, it's a great summer movie, and I think uh, – I'm going to say Doctor Strange really kicks off the summer season, but this is a great follow-up. And uh, Brandon, not only can they listen to you here on Top Gun Maverick – this week, you're all, we're also releasing Bob's Burger. So if you want to go check out Brandon talking about Bob's Burger, the movie with Caitlin, uh, and I think Josh is also on that one, or is it you? It's somebody else is also on that one. But go and watch, or go and download the Bob's Burger podcast for We're Always Watching. They do a phenomenal job on that film as well. But uh, before we check out, uh, Brandon, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, I need to actually get my Twitter up. You can also find me at Comic Book Resources, uh, where I am primarily going to be. That's my usual place you can find me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at yell at underscore BZ underscore here. And if you like listening to Brandon Zachary's voice, I highly recommend checking out our X-Men podcast, The, the Astonishing X Show. Uh, that is where we go through the X-Men's animated history starting with pride of the x-men currently we are we're kicking it back off we're we're in uh x-men the animated series season two i believe right brandon or season three yeah we we left off a while ago this was this was something we need we need to get back in after we catch up especially with especially after uh dr strange and the multiverse of madness and x-men 97 right around the corner but we highly recommend going you or uh, having you guys check out the astonishing x show uh, where you can get your podcast. Kevin, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PhoenixDY. Phoenix is spelled F-E-N-I-X. You can find me at Joe Luminerti on all social media, and I might change that to Sativa Joe. I might make that my new thing. But guys, thank you so much for joining us on Top Gun Maverick. We are always watching the official Illuminati movie podcast. Until next time, or, and also you guys can download uh, the other episode that came out this week, Bob's Burger. So check us out. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. And also, uh, leave a comment. Leave a comment. We'll read it on next week's episode. Thanks, guys.